Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. This September, the annual King's Place Festival returns with a variety of classical, contemporary folk, jazz and world music concerts, plus comedy, spoken word and family performances for as little as £6.50 a ticket, with many events completely free. For this podcast, we speak to three performers taking part in this seasonal feast of art and music. We start with new folk supergroup, Songs of Separation. We follow with Thomas Gould, introducing the Artea String Trio, and finish with fun family entertainment from Nick Cope. So first, Songs of Separation, and bassist Jen Hill and harpist Mary McMaster, who perform on Friday the 9th of September at 9.45pm. The last that I loved first of all Was handsome, young and fair we heard I spent some happy nights along the banks where. They tell us more about their ambitious project, which began with 10 very talented women on the Isle of Egg. Jen spoke first. We were coming up to the Scottish referendum, the independence referendum, and I was watching the media and I was living on the Isle of Egg, uh, where there's a certain element of separation, if you like. And I was looking at, as I travelled around the UK, what I was finding was as we approached the, the referendum itself, and particularly in the last month, the mainstream media in England went extremely sort of almost aggressive towards the notion of Scottish independence and certainly divisive and the way that the politics were working was very divisive the sort of fear-mongering messages around you won't get on in your own Scotland you're not going to cope you know you can't do without us and that really made me think about how we receive the messages that shape our world and and what we ought to be doing about them and whose job it is to comment on these messages. Why 10 people? I mean, that's quite a lot, I would have thought. The project was just to come together on Egg and record an album. So whilst there is a grand number of us there, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an idea to have tours and to have the whole kind of shebang of the band. That wasn't the original plan. So I guess I was thinking, well, we can get 10 people in, we'll do some full ensemble work and we'll do some little bits with two or three people and, and then there'll be loads of sort of rich stuff and crossover that come between the different because uh, there's an ensemble within an ensemble called Lazy, Lady Masery there's three girls from England Rowan Reingantz, Hannah James and Hazel Askew and I wanted to hear how they would play with some of the Scots musicians and say how Corinne and Eliza would sound together singing on the same song and all these kinds of I had all these notions around how the voices would work in particular Mary, why did you want to get involved? How was it explained to you? It's supposed to be five English and five Scots but in fact, quite a lot of the Scots are half English as well. Boo. No, it's <laughs> totally fine. So they're not true Scots. I'm a true Scot, though. Although, of course, part Irish. But there you go. <laughs> we had six days, six and a half days, to organise, to arrange, to come up with um, the tracks for the album and then to record them. And that, to be honest, is, is a mammoth task. And unbelievably we made a really brilliant album i mean for you what's the music about whilst we didn't sort of go into great big political blethers we did the the songs themselves bring to the table the different kinds of themes that people were inspired to think about so for example you've got corinne's uh song called echo mocks the corncrake it's a trad song and it looks at the separation between people man and nature and what happened in industrialized scotland of people moving from the villages into the cities and certain species of animals kind of dying out because of the way that that the world was then being treated or the land was being treated so you've got kind of green issues and 
ecological separation. Then you've got songs like Hazel Askew's song that she brought, which again is a is a is a trad song called London Lights of women having children outside of wedlock. Um, and then you've got other songs around borders and refugees. There's a song called Over the Border, which is actually uh, um, a bringing together of again an English and a Scots version of the same song called The Fleurs of the Forest in Scots and the Flowers of Knaresborough Forest in English. And that's Eliza and Corinne singing those two different branches of the same song. So those sorts of separations, there's political, there's economic in Poor Man's Lamentation that Hannah James brought. There are lots of other types of social separation. Oh, earth would be a holy place, a realm for angels fit. Oh, were it not for the unquiet race, you thickly tenanted. Once we'd, once we'd had our week together, we were very delighted at the music and we all just went we have to do this again we have to we have to bring this out to people it's very difficult because it's like a like an elephant it's like trying to put an elephant in a mini basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had we were buzzing actually on the last day of the recording and we literally recorded till about half an hour before the boat that we all needed to get on was going back to the mainland <laughs> so we had our meeting on the boat we had a boat meeting um, we all sat round and everybody was so excited uh, that they were just saying, we've got to tour this, we've got to tour this. And I was thinking, oh my God, how's that going to work? But it did. You know, we did it. We pulled it off and it has been a big, big mission. But I'm really glad that we got the music out to, to, to people and out to people's ears live. I've been at the King's Place before with another band and I'm very much looking forward to coming back. And... As a band, we're, we're coming together from all over the world to, to come to you in London. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it very much. Next, the violinist Thomas Gould, who performs Bach's sublime Goldberg variations with the Artea String Trio on Saturday the 10th of September at 6.45pm. Second or third time that I will have played it at the King's Place Festival. Um, I've done a, a swing concert there before with with uh, Man Overboard Quintet and at least one concert with Aurora. And yeah, it's a great thing. I just remember so much going on and and such a is such a hive of activity for the weekend. So it, it would be fun to be part of it again. As you mentioned there, you play in various ensembles. What do you enjoy about the, the string trio? There are some amazing pieces for string trio. Just having having the one violin rather than two violins makes for... It's a harder instrumentally that the parts are, are more difficult. In the trio version of the, the Goldberg variations, the, the instrumental difficulties are, are, are considerable. I mean, you have to sort of fill in all the notes, all the lines, by often playing double stops. It's an amazing arrangement. Why do you think the music of Bach is so powerful and long-lasting? I think you get a kind of uh, a subconscious satisfaction from, from listening to this music, which is just kind of, kind of perfect. But uh, if, if that were Bach's only skill, then it it wouldn't be that interesting, but he, he, he marries that kind of left brain section with, with an incredible emotional depth. When I play Goldberg Variations, I'm really 
relieved not to be a keyboard player because I, I just think that there must be such a huge um, sort of burden of expectation and, and tradition if you if you tackle it on, on a keyboard instrument. But it's not quite so bad on playing it on a, on a string instrument. You feel that you've got a little bit more room for, you know, for finding your own roots through it. I was thinking probably maybe with Bach more than any other composer, is it the equivalent of running a marathon? Yeah, it does It does have marathon running aspects playing this piece. It's, it is very, very draining. And the amount of concentration that is required to get all of those, all of those tempos, all of those tempo changes... And, and and also just purely the, the, the sort of physical uh, instrumental demands. It was full of virtuosic, very fast staccato runs and, and scales in in thirds and sixths. And the, the viola and cello writing in particular goes ex, extremely high, much higher than anything Bach himself would have written on on the viola or the or the cello. It's it's tough, but but the the rewards for you know for taking it on can be so huge. I mean, it's really it's a piece I've, I've played a lot and 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 recorded and plays it in both versions, the trio and the and the full orchestra version. And I've got to say that some of the the most you know memorable and enjoy, enjoyable concerts I can think of that I've done have been have been playing this piece. And lastly, to a man with a fantastical army of little and not-so-little fans from all over the world, Nick Cope, who performs on Saturday the 10th of September at 10am. How would you describe what you do? Are you a songwriter, but with a perhaps different audience? That's a good question. I hope, yeah, I write, I write songs. Um, but my my audience is, is basically aimed is, I aim at the whole family. I mean, I don't like the term children's entertainer, which is because it's not just for the children. It, it's sort of... Because my songs encompass everything to do with family life, and it is there to entertain. Where do you draw inspiration from? Oh, I draw inspiration from all sorts of things. I mean, obviously, I work a lot with schools and stuff, and I have lots of conversations with lots and lots of young people. They do have some things that they might be interested in. I, I do like lots of sort of work at preschools in and around Oxford and the children will all rush in and they've all got a bit of news for me as, as we're sort of setting up. And it could be anything from... I've I've got a paper cut to I've got a, a, a dragon that lives in the bathroom. That sort of thing that they will say just because they want to say something to me. So all this sort of stuff comes out quite spontaneously. So it's always all good material for songs and stuff. I remember one time We were on a journey We were heading for the seaside For the day we were nearly halfway there, we were having fun Just driving down the road with the radio on When Dad pulled over cause he felt unwell He felt unwell on account of the smell I used to be in a band called The Candy Skins and we we, you know, we had records out and we toured the world and all that sort of business and if anybody had told me I was doing, I would be doing this in sort of like sort of 10 years time from then I would have been, I'd be a little bit shocked to say the least and so this really sort of ticks all the same boxes but it's I'm in more control of it you know I don't have to answer to record companies I don't have to sort of you know get involved in a rehearsal space or you know even have any arguments with the band I can just do that 
internally in my own head. So that's quite, quite, quite good. As this is the fourth time at King's Place, how has the show and you as a performer changed over that time? Um, it's a good question, actually. I mean, I think the songwriting has changed a lot. And I, I realised from my first CD to the, to the last one, I've got four out in a minute. There's a lot more narrative-based songs. There's a lot more humour coming into it, and even you know, there's, there's I mean, there's a song on my last one called Nana's Nudus, which is about an old family recipe that gets passed down through the family. And like the grandma, she dies in the first verse, so it's you know, it's, it's quite poignant. It's quite serious, serious stuff. But um, and I think that's why the parents like it, and the children ask questions. I had an email today about people that would really like that song, and there's a song about hamsters or about pets dying. It's not all about it's not doom and gloom, but it's about life and things that actually happen. Stuff. It's not just sort of nursery rhymes and all that sort of business. And uh, you know, it's me going a little bit going back to what I used to do in, in the band. I'm, I'm aiming the songs at all the families of the grown-ups. I know the grown-ups are listening because the way we produce the songs as well, it's all it's all very thought out. Um, and hopefully, it sits on the stereo just as much as anything else would that they have in their record collection. That's my, you know, sort of I'm sort of going. Back. I mean, maybe if if I do carry on, the songs are going to get slightly older and older, and then the children will grow up, and then I will have a sort of an adult audience, and I will be um, touring the world and selling millions of albums. What for you makes a good show? Okay, um, what makes a good show? Um, I think it's a, a good bit of singing along is good when people actually know the songs. That's fantastic. But it doesn't have to because the songs are so. Hopefully, they're they're catchy enough for them to be able to sing sing all of them by the end of it. Um, a bit of interaction is always good fun. We like a bit of that. Um, we usually end the shows. We hand up, hand out these cardboard guitars and glasses, and everybody dresses up like me. If you see what I mean, because I've got the glasses and guitar. So we all do. Like, we, we form this huge band at the end, and we do a, you know a number at the end. So that's usually everybody's clapping, all the kids are playing these cardboard guitars, and it's all. Um, all that really, 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 a whole lot of fun because that's the, that's the name of the song that we play. I said, the baby's done a poo, the baby's done a poo. It's not a big surprise because that's what babies do. But this was not just your regular pebbly one. Oh no, something really bad just came out of his bum. Thanks to all of the artists who talk to us via Skype or on the phone, the annual King's Place Festival runs from the 9th to the 11th of September at King's Place and there are over 50 events to choose from. Culinary delights from the cafe and restaurant will be on hand to keep you going and the gallery provides a welcome respite from the festivities. Come and join the celebration. I'm Ben Eshmade. You've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about these events, ticket links and details of the whole festival, please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash festival. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.